Let's talk about uh, Surrey uh, because there's lots to talk about there. As you know, uh, last week we spent a lot of time talking about the Surrey Police Service. We learned uh, on Friday from Pradeep Kuner, who is a city councillor there and also a member of the audit committee uh, with the city of Surrey. Uh, and they were told recently that there's a $120 million request from the Surrey Police Service. Their budget was $50 million, and then they all of a sudden found it's $160 million, $112 million uh, more than the city of of Surrey expected, that would mean potentially a 26% property tax increase. We also, of course, have much discussion over the hospital that is promised. Uh, joining me now to talk a little bit about uh, the issue is Eleanor Sturko. She's BC United MLA for South Surrey and Shadow Minister for Mental Health Addiction, Recovery and Education. Uh, Ms. Sturko, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Josh. Where do we start? It is, sorry, so many things to talk about in that community. Lots going on, growing quickly. Let's talk a little bit about the hospital first and foremost. Uh, the government says they're moving forward with it uh, and uh, it should be open uh, by 2030. Uh, your thoughts first and foremost, the location as well as the promise to build it and, and, and it won't be ready until 2030. Well, you said it in your intro, uh, but the reality is, is that we're dealing with multiple crises in Surrey right now under the NDP. Healthcare, certainly one, education and even public safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually not happy to see not only a further delay of the second hospital in Surrey, but, you know, also the fact that they have now expanded that budget by over a billion dollars, which is very concerning considering that no work is even taking place so far. Mm-hmm. What about the argument they make? Look, we're in, the, we're in a position where, you know, everything costs more. One only has to build a single family home to know challenges in regards to supply chains. And this is the nature of, of taking a bit of time to do it right. Number one, uh, there can be scope changes as well. And that drives of cost. At the end of the day, they are still building a much needed hospital for Surrey. Well, the reality is, is that we're starting to hear and we've heard, well, frankly, this entire time that the hospital that's being planned is is not the right plan. It's not a matter of waiting and getting things done right. It's a matter of waiting and not getting things finished. They've been promising this hospital for years. They still haven't really broken ground. Yes, they did it for a photo op, but things are not underway. And the longer they wait, the longer they delay, Mm -hmm. the more expensive this project is going to get. You just have to look at what's happened with the Massey Crossing to find out, you know, just how much of a delay this government puts on things. And, and frankly, I don't think it's acceptable. We are in a healthcare crisis now. They've been promising for years. And, you know, if you remember back to my by-election that was last year, they had promised to have progress done by now and that there would be irreversible progress done by this time. And frankly, we're just not seeing those results, and it's not fair to the people of Surrey. What do you what do you say to the argument that look, uh, there was an expansion of the Surrey Memorial Hospital? I think it was half a billion dollars on the BC Liberals, but not much else. In those sixteen years, they could have built another hospital. They could have been well on the way of planning for another hospital. They never did so. What do you say to that argument? Well, jazz. The reality is, and people have short memories, but in fact, when the half or the $500 million expansion of the Surrey Memorial Hospital was done. It was done in such a way that a second tower was going to be in the plan and was ready. Um, and in fact, the John, uh, or sorry, the Jim Pattison uh, outpatient clinic also built 
so that it could house an expansion. So, you know, there was a lot of foresight put into those expansions at the time under the former BC Liberal government, Mm -hmm. so that when it was ready for expansion, those projects were ready to be um, expanded upon. And in fact, which is why it's so concerning now that we don't see much progress in terms of a plan or or getting anything underway with the second tower that Adrian Dix has now promised for Surrey. Uh, Let's uh, make this transition to Surrey policing for a second. As I said, we had Pardeep Kooner on, uh, city councillor, who uh, we got our hands on an internal memo. Uh, They were a bit gobsmacked where they were told that it's going to cost them an extra $112 million this year, in the middle of a fiscal year, uh, for uh, for the Surrey Police Service. Uh, your thoughts on that in regards to the impact on Surrey taxpayers and potentially, who knows, maybe even BC taxpayers uh, in the near future? This is absolutely a project that doesn't only cost Surrey. It is absolutely costing all BC taxpayers at this point. And you know what? This is one of those examples of the adage, when you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Because these cost overruns are symptoms of a plan that's being made up as they go along. You just have to think back, Jazz. Do you remember in February of 2020, when Minister Farnworth gave the original plan the green light, Wally Opal had said there would be a one-time cost for capital and transitional costs that would be $40 million. And the reality is, is that the true cost of the transition is unknown. And now the minister has put the city of Surrey in a place where he's basically forcing the city to sign a blank check to the province. And, you know, I, I don't really understand some of the arguments here that are being made by Minister Farnworth. And, and I have a hard time accepting some of his rationale because he said that, you know, and he used the Police Act to enforce his decision and said that he didn't want to destabilize policing in B.C., but the reality is, is that we have now heard, uh, you know, from the police chief that he hasn't yet landed on a policing model and he doesn't know how many people are needed to police in the city of Surrey. So we don't know what the cost of policing will be. We don't know how many people it would be. And so without knowing this information, how is it that Minister Farnworth came to the conclusion that it would be safer than to go with the RCP that actually was able to provide a finite number of officers, which was 180 people, to keep the RCMP in Surrey. So I, I have a hard time with that rationale. I think it's completely unfair, not only to the taxpayers of Surrey, but to provincial taxpayers overall, that a blank check is being signed that's already uh, in excess of $112 million over its uh, you know, budget for the year, um, on something that was only supposed to cost $40 million. Yeah, uh, Councillor Cooner uh, on our interview Friday was her estimates, and she is an accountant and, like I said, chair of the audit committee there. Her estimates is probably going to cl- come close to $520 million. So there's a huge difference between that and the Opal report of a one-time cost of $40 million. That's why we stay on that story. Uh, my final question to you, I just want to talk to you a little bit about uh, uh, drug possession uh, now being banned in and around playground playgrounds. Uh, this, of course, uh, in regards to our, our conversation around decriminalization uh, and the use of small amounts of illicit drugs, two and a half grams or less. Your thoughts on this new legislation that's come in, uh, which bans at least the use of hard dogs in and around playgrounds and where kids are? Well, it's not new legislation. People need to know that actually it was just a matter of the NDP asking the federal government to change their letter of agreement um, for what uh, it falls under decriminalization. So to be honest, this is something that they could have done months ago and in fact should have been done prior to them fast-tracking. In their own words, they ran on a campaign of fast-tracking decriminalization and they didn't put in the safeguards. We've been saying this all along. 
This didn't involve legislation. They just had to ask for the agreement letter to be changed, which they now have. But there's many glaring exceptions here. They haven't included transit hubs or bus stops or places where we have a lot of seniors, youth, children, families. And so, you know, again, it's like a rush job. They've taken away discretion from police in the general public to deal with people who are using drugs in public. And we're hearing time and again from people that they find this extremely problematic. And even from police themselves, it has had a significant impact on their ability to do their job and keep people safe. Eleanor, uh, thank you for your time. Look forward to chatting with you uh, in the near future. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Des.